blocking arm save made there by Wall. Brought back by Domi on the right wing, being hounded from behind. Got it into the slot now for Knights, who scores! Domi's work down the boards, got the pass out for Matthew Nice. Now here's Domi, in on the left wing, going hard to the net, centered in front, they score! Nice again! Nice has tied the game, but a brilliant play by Max Domi, and it's 3-0! Klingberg. Gets it back in over the line for Nylander, closing in a goal! Scores! John Tavares off the bench, set up by Willie! The Leafs win it in overtime! Hey everybody, happy Monday! Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gutting. I know the rest of the world hates the Toronto Maple Leafs. They hate them. They hate their guts! Especially this country. I get it. Toronto is the center of the sporting universe. Mm -hmm. Just like it should be. Boy, did they play some entertaining hockey games. That was uh, a beauty on Saturday. As the Toronto Maple Leafs take care of the Tampa Bay Lightning, just like they did in game six in overtime, John Tavares. And it looked like it might have been Nylander's goal. but no, for a second. Yeah, it did uh, deflect off his stick. And, and... Yeah, God knows that if it didn't deflect right. off John Tavares' stick, he would have been on the horn to the National Hockey League. We'll get back. To Don't we'll tempt get... me with the real lead of the show, Ben. <laughs> we'll get to that story later. Luke Fox alerting us uh, to uh, an interesting little tidbit uh, from John Tavares' past. But yeah, all things are well in Leafland, Brent. Oh, they're so well. Max, Max Domi needed that game more than anybody in the world. Like, I know Matthew Nye is very nice for him to get his first. That's always funny when that happens, know, too. His first weird. real NHL goal. Uh, well, but yeah. they wrote on the puck, yeah, yeah, first regular season NHL goal. So, like, I think technically that's that's his first yep. ever goal. But, like, it's his first regular season goal. That's kind of sully is the little tape on it the does. side of the puck, I boy, think. Boy, does it. I always think of the Brett Favre line about that, of when he got asked about, like, the passing yards record of, oh, if you count playoffs. Well, why wouldn't you? They're yeah. the most important ones. And I know yeah. Brett Favre, persona non grata, rightfully so. Whatever. The Leafs charge back. Big win against Tampa. They've had too many of these. Boy, that feels great to win it that way. And obviously that game was built a little differently than some of the other ones we've seen. Of course, the season opener against Montreal. Mm -hmm. But man, for, for Domi to have the, the game he does there, for Nyes to have the game he does. And of course, of course for Joe Wall. Yeah. Waller the baller coming in and uh, <laughs> pitching the shutout in his uh, relatively limited workload there. Just everything you wanted in terms of a, uh, not a get right game, because I think that a lot of times people think is the, you know, the 3-1 pasting where you just really control the game. And it wasn't that, but just a nice, nice win for a team that's that, that needs them early on in the year. Yeah, it wasn't a 3-1 pasting, but I will say they controlled the flow of play for the 60-plus minutes of the hockey game, despite, you know, they scored the first goal of the hockey game for the first time this season, and then immediately are down 3-1. Um, it was amazing. It was... <laughs> Because <laughs> we said on Friday, yeah. you, you, we were a little different on this. If I said you had to start the game, you had to control the play, and you said, no, they have to this score guy. the first goal. And, they and that's why it doesn't matter Whoops. because they, yeah, exactly. Should have never scored it. They should have let Nick yeah. Paul uh, grease one in, and that that surely would have turned the tide better. But, yeah, it's amazing that they finally do get that, get the first marker in a game, and it and it goes that way. Yeah, and then they, they they go to the penalty kill twice, and then within like a second and a half on on both PKs, they they surrender goals. And I get it; it's Kucherov a couple of times that on first one. On what are you one do? Yeah, sure. Okay, and certainly the the five on five goal, like yeah, yeah. Ely Samsonov <laughs> had no chance. And then you can make the argument for the third one, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm a little more. 
Um, I view goalies more as human beings than you do, Brent. But uh, I will say... If you want to. (laughs) I think think Sheldon Keefe said it correctly. It doesn't matter how they go in. When you allow three goals on four shots, that's, yeah, you can't, that you can't abide by that. That's not something that you can say, well, but, but you know, and the, yeah. no, there's no, yeah, buts. When it's three on four, you, you gots to go. Yeah, that's, that is absolutely it. And the only time maybe there's yeah, buts, if it is your team completely asleep and it's four uncontested breakaways early on in the game. No, nah, but maybe, even then, even then, because uh, then there's the thing that happened when Ilya Samson was exactly. removed is that you get yeah. your team's attention. You're allowed to make saves. You are, you are allowed to do it. Even if your team puts you in a, in a bad position, I've referenced it before. I'll reference it again. Anytime you have a stat line that looks anything remotely like that of three goals on four shots, or even if it's three goals on seven to 10 shots, something along those mm-hmm. lines, I go back to the Amazon series and it was then goaltending coach at the Steve Briere talking with Sheldon Keefe of, well, this one's a screen and this one's a tip. Which one do you <laughs> yeah, want? To, I don't care right. which one. Yeah. Just pick All one. of them. Just pick. No, not just pick one of them. I do not care if it's the tip or the screen mm-hmm. or the double deflection or the double doink or the puck, you know, got transplanted into the net some way, some Nikita way. Kucherov was Find in a way. alone on Joe Wall with like 20 seconds and left. And guess what? Made the stop because you're allowed to do that. <laughs> you're allowed to come up big for, for your team and not say Samsonov hasn't in the past and not say he can't again, but did not have it that night and quite frankly hasn't had it in spades to start the season. All right, so there's a lot to get to here and we've already touched on a lot of it and we'll 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 talk about the goaltending in depth which I think is one of the major takeaways. For but sure. you started it with the Max Domi thing. To yeah. me that's the number one thing because I I know Matthew Nyes gets his first two goals mm-hmm. of the season but Max Domi we were starting to really scratch our heads as far as his his place on this Maple Leafs lineup and and the the how wise it was to go and 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 sign a guy, even though it's a one-year deal, um, on a team that had no obvious fit for him. Well, uh, I know it's one game, but certainly it feels like Max Domi understands the the correct place that he can hitch his wagon to is the guy that has a, a an extremely long and bright future with the mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs team, and that's Matthew Nyes. And, and obviously after a 60-minute performance, although they weren't together for the whole 60 minutes mm-hmm. of the game, that – Feels like a tandem. Obviously, it's easy to say after they scored two goals, uh, including the game-tying goal that sent it to overtime. But it does feel like if the Leafs can figure out three tandems, Matthews and Marner, Mm -hmm. Tavares and Nylander, and then you got a Domi and Nyes tandem on that third line, that that feels like it, it could be a thing. Yeah, we were all, uh, I'm sure many people saw it during the game, a great camera shot, I'm sure he thinks less so, of Brad Living trying to crush the tip of his pen, just clicking it incredibly frustratingly uh, early on in that game. I'm sure he had a lot of those moments watching Max Domi with that. The thing about those plays denies, and I don't want to take anything away from Domi, one of them more so than the other, an incredible, incredible pass to, to get yep. it there on the backhand, but... That's the promise of Max Domi is that he is a skillful playmaker who can read the play well and can get the puck to finishers. And obviously Nyes is one in spades. And that's why now I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hammer this whole, this point home. I don't want to switch things up. It's working well, but that's why I think you always look at Domi and say, as long as you put them with skill guys, it should work. Now, obviously it wasn't clicking with Tavares and Nylander. You see the, we know about the defensive struggles there, but then you put a guy like David Camp on the line. He can be more of a conscience. You let Nyes and, and Domi almost play a two-man game with Camp just being that kind of kind of cog. He can help them cycle. He's an effective player in that regard. And honestly, you know, Matthew Nyes, we know he hadn't got on the score sheet, or not that he wasn't off the score sheet, but he hadn't scored a goal yet up yeah. to that point. 
there was no one concerned about him. You knew what he was going to give you. At worst case scenario, it was just going to be a good, hard-checking third line, third line winger for you with some offensive touch. So there's no concern about him. But of all the guys that have come in, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi, it's been less so. Mm. He had a nice first game, but it's, we're still waiting for that. Still doesn't have a five-on-five five point. Yeah, which you'd like for a guy. And <laughs> hey, Would you like a five-on-five no, five hey, point from the guy who's riding shotgun on one of the best lines in hockey? Yeah, you, you would. You don't need to tell me. I was the guy <laughs> banging the drum heading into this season that everyone took the chemistry that Bunting and Matthews had together for mm. granted. Everyone assumed, ah, you could just go put any kind of grease pig on that line. Grease and pig? That feels like a very apt <laughs> description for Tyler Bertuzzi more so than Michael Bunting. I got to be honest, but you should be able to put anybody there and not say it can't work, not say it won't work, but you cannot take that chemistry for granted. But the thing is, is that Domi was the guy who needed that game more than any other, you know, Ryan Reeves, he's been in the cross lights or the crosshairs a bit. He is who he is. He's Ryan Reeves. We understand oh, that conversation. Inc- incredible uh, shot uh, differential in the like minute and a half that they played in the hockey game. Here's all you need to know about him. He did a great <laughs> job handing that belt to Matthew Nyes in the leap blueprint video that they yes. got out there ASAP. That's all he needs to do. But the point stands is that of all the guys, Klingberg's had his moments, Bertuzzi maybe less so, but because of the snarl bite factor, people are a little more willing to let it go. You needed that from Domi. And for a guy who you know he feels the pressure of playing in Toronto yes. and wearing the jersey and yada, 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 he needed a game like that where everyone's going, the Max Domi game. That was so important for him. Dude, but it, not, not only that, he needed to feel like he was a part of something. Like he needed to know where his fit was. And, and and again, like it's one game, but there was clear chemistry between he and eyes that uh yeah you could see that 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 pairing working i understand it's the three-man line hey, david camp is there he'll be involved uh he'll be he'll be there to, to some degree but yeah when you're when you're a guy that is looking to fit in mm-hmm. on a group and you can find yourself not dissimilar to what michael bunting went through with the mm-hmm. the, the matthews and, and marner uh top line yeah that once you see a scenario like once you can put yourself in everybody's mind's eye as the guy that rides shotgun to again is is not is not the the future of this franchise as far as the 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 level at which uh, Marner and Matthews are but this is a guy that arrived with plenty of of a He's pedigree. the really important second layer. Yeah, Matthew Nyes is a guy that you need like if you ever are going to get to a place where there's a a playable third line as far as creating offense, he's going to be a part of it. If if you can if you can attach yourself to that guy, that's as good a PR strategy as ever for, for Max Domi. Yeah, it certainly is. I'm 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 not gonna run too far with that yet. I think that Matthew Nyes is still somebody who you ideally want to trust in a lot of situations. And I think the jury is still out a little there. But to the point about it being a three man line, if David Camp can kind of be the conscious there. Now that was supposed to be the case. Now, obviously, Nylander a little bit of a different player, but I, I I don't want to overstate that Nylander is that much worse or less responsible defensively than Matthew Nyes is, and certainly Camp and Tavares are roughly as responsible there. Maybe yeah. Camp more capable defensively, but not any less responsible. So there's if they thought that could have worked with Willie and JT, there's no reason that that can't work here. I still think that, and I worry about this much less than most people, but I still think a lot of people would have the question of what is the identity of that third line? Because with David Camp as the center there it is not a true oh you're gonna win your minutes every time out there you're gonna be feasting in the offensive zone right not necessarily and it's also with Max Domi out there it's not to say it's a line you really really trust defensively so I think for people for for a market where we talk so much about fit and identity of a line that one still looks like a bit of a question mark to me but 
for a guy who needed something to go right in Max Domi if he can find, even if it's just temporary chemistry, because I think Max Domi showed you in that game, that's why he should work with any talented finisher. It's nothing special about what Matthew Nyes does or the way they play off of each other that Max Domi was able to get it across to him on a two-on-one or find him with a great seam pass. That's nothing special about the chemistry those two have. That should work with any other guy in the team. And I think with Domi, and again, we get so bogged down and people think of Boston or they think of these teams they don't watch every night of, ah, they just have these lines. You set it and forget it. Nothing ever changes. It no. does not work that way. Wow. And even in that game, again, like they didn't start the, the game blunder, together. Blunder, blunder. And then old, by the end of the game, it was Nylander with, with Marner and yeah, Matthew chasing the game. There. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. You're you're 100% right. But yeah, the conversation around Max Domi a lot different today Man, he was than lost. it was going into that uh, hockey game. The the conversation is not different about the goaltenders, but it's now just like extremely tilted in the direction we were headed. And yes, people made fun of uh, the conversation about, you know, riding the hot hand as far as Joe Wall and <laughs> yeah, a loss. like that. The hot's it now, baby. <laughs> it's spicy. Um, the numbers are jarring. Again, like it's, it's early season, so everything's small sample. Yep. I don't expect Ilya Samsonov to finish the season with an 831 save percentage. That'd be bad. Leafs would be in big trouble, even if he's not the number one goalie, if he's got an 831 save percentage by the end of the, series, uh, end of the season. But that's where it stands right now. And and again, to your point, like there's no egregious, egregious goals in there, but make a save. Uh, Joseph Wall now with a save percentage of 949. Oh, is that good? That's it. I mean, he's he didn't steal the game for the Leafs because the Leafs were playing well in front of him. Yep. But, but he had to make some saves in that hockey game and none bigger than the one on Kucherov late to get it into mm-hmm. overtime, allow the Leafs to control the puck for the entire... They've figured out overtime, by the way, I guess, like three-on-three three and... Get it in the playoffs! Because <laughs> uh, the Leafs looked absolutely dominant in the in the three-on-three. If, three. if I was, uh, if I was uh, Guy Boucher or Mike Van Ryan, I suppose much easier for Guy Boucher to take credit, I would be immediately whispering in every media member's ear that it's like, hey, you know, that's me. Yeah, I'm the three-on-three three guy. Oh, of course. Because it's the one thing that is so different this year. For yeah, us. it sure is. Look good. Uh, and John Tavares gets the goal. But um, Joseph Wall is going to start tomorrow at 6 o'clock, by the way, against the Washington Capitals, who look real I, bad. I am a big schedule complainer, so yeah. we best move on if we don't want to talk about this for 27 You minutes. don't want earlier hockey games? No, I want later. Earlier is tough for, for child-rearing purposes. Oh. Eight, 8.45 would be wonderful in my mind's eye. Eight? You, you know you have to wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning to do the show, right? Yeah, you know my demon gremlin child is, ain't trying to go to bed anytime before <laughs> 9 o'clock, so yeah, that's why I need that. The 6 o'clock is tough. It's tough for, okay. for your guy over here, but yes, perfect. Earlier hockey, generally speaking, is yeah, better for us. I'm down with it. Play play the games as soon as I'm done. Work at like 9.30. Oh, I gladly would take a 10. <laughs> o- I don't get home until about 10. You're so, right. You're yeah, right. If yeah. I could have a 10.30 so I could have time to get my bearings, maybe yeah. make a little snack, a coffee. Mm. Yeah, that'd be perfect for me. Six o'clock uh, against uh, Washington Capitals team that looks uh, Why so is that? We discovered this before the show. Oh, Why? yeah. It's it's uh, NBA. Oh, God, you're going yeah, to do it. Okay. You say the dumb it's, thing. Uh, NBA opening day. That's it's not a thing. Well, I don't understand. It's like the first day of the NBA season. How is it not opening day? Please let us know on the text line, 590-590. Only if you are going to agree with me, though. I don't want Ben to feel any better about himself. <laughs> if you've ever heard somebody refer to opening day in anything other than baseball. because I what? So what would you call it? Like tip-off day? I would say the NBA season starts. Or well, quite, who, quite honestly, what? if you're asking me about the, the NHL, I just talk about when the Leafs start. 
because I know that they <laughs> like to have another day where the season gets going. But let's be honest, that's when hockey truly starts. So, yeah, the Leafs start. The season starts. The season starts. The season starts. It's season like, it's opener. The, if you're talking about a particular team, but I don't think anyone, like, who is it? Isn't it the Cardinals that get the first pitch in baseball every year or whatever yeah, it is? They go, the yeah, Reds. I, I don't, sure. Why? Okay. I, please, I know you know the answer. Don't tell me. No, I don't really. I, okay, good, because I don't care. But <laughs> okay. it's not like, oh, gee, the, the Knicks are going to have the first tip of the NBA. No, it's just, it's the it's the start <laughs> of the season. It begins. It's the first day opening of NBA day. It's, it's opening weird. day. It is arguably more odd than when you said no. goodbye to say good or good morning to say goodbye to no, Mike Rupp. It's when they opened the the no. the season Weirdo. open opening day. Weirdo I baseball did, brain. I did notice that is the baseball brain infecting you. I, I did notice uh, in Turner's advertisements to to um, get you set for opening day in the NBA: Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors. That they had players from each of the teams except for the Nuggets, like the Nuggets, right. the defending champions with maybe well, the greatest player of the generation because like, he hates basketball he's yes. disgusted that they dragged him back to work he just wants to play with his horsies anyways back to the time uh back to the uh to the the topic at hand here uh the toronto maple leafs look real good and uh they have a goalie now a number one goalie for the time being which is not the number one goalie coming into the season not the guy that was in net for their first series victory in over 20 years and Ilya samson that's joseph wall who yep. according to sheldon keith was going to be the scheduled starter for tomorrow's game either way. Take it or leave it, I suppose. I believe that. Sure. I mean, uh, Samsonov against his old team is You're not probably gonna, a, a if good think, position. If you think it's remotely close to a split or a share or anything mm. like that, you cannot sit wall for that long unless Samsonov had gone and just stolen the net, which if that's the case, if one of these guys just steals the net, mm -hmm. give it to them. Well, but that, until that appears that, to be happening. Uh, that's what I was going to get at is that this is – this. You come, you have the start you have, you look pretty good. You come in in relief, you're transcendent. You're great. You you make massive saves to give your team a chance. If you go out and stamp at home with another start, then I think it's the case. But I still think these guys, there is such a limited body of work in the grand scheme of things for both guys mm -hmm. that, that we cannot get carried away on one or two games with these guys. So, yeah, it feels like Joe Wall has stolen the net right now. He could go throw it up and give it right back to Samsonov on, on Tuesday in Washington. Yeah, and besides that, honestly... And, and the other part of this as well is that, uh, of course, Joe Wall was a scheduled starter there. Samsonov lays an egg every time he plays the Caps. Yeah. Especially in yeah, Washington. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he wants to do well. It, it seems like a position where you need to try easier. Uh, like, yeah, you don't want to... It's the like, Paul Rudd. Moving uh, around too much. It's the Paul Rudd, I love you, man. Or uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Do less. No, yeah. it's still too much. Still do <laughs> even less, less than that. Than that. <laughs> still doing too much. Well, you got to do something. Yeah. You can't do nothing. Uh, so Joe Wall gets to start tomorrow. And I mean, to, to your point about these things can change in a heartbeat, what I would not anticipate as much as, as Joe Wall you know, starting to regress and, you know, going through a stretch of games where he gives up five goals a game mm. is that he's had a tough time throughout his career staying healthy. Yep. Like, that's the thing. It's the workload thing for me. It's not this guy doesn't feel like a 60-game-a-year starter. Well, very few of those mm. guys exist in the National Hockey League right say, now. <laughs> if he is, the Leafs are going to have to give him $9 million a season. But but he's he's barely been, like, He's not been a 40-game starter ever throughout mm -hmm. his professional career. So, yeah, you're going to need Ilya Samsonov again. But if we're talking about a 1-1A situation uh, coming into the season and now continuing throughout the course of the season, yeah, Joe, Joe Wall's the 1, and now Samsonov's the 1A. 
Yep, and the other the other part of this is, uh, and it's just such a long season, we're going to have every conceivable opinion about both of these guys, is um, I would just like to get out in front to be the first one to run to the take of he should have spent some time training instead of backpacking through Europe when he inevitably gets hurt. I just okay. would like to be on record right. for, for jumping to that take first. Good. I'm pre-staking my claim to it. Uh, be a nice idea for the Maple Leafs to have like a nice six goal lead in a hockey game where they don't have to play Marner and Matthews a hundred minutes a game, which is would, like would I take. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna go too far down that road because there's been many a season and I mean early in the Mike Babcock tenure, who didn't want to see more Matthews on the ice, right? Yeah, less Patrick Marlowe, mm-hmm. more Austin Matthews. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> so God. so be careful Scary about- <laughs> high on my pecking order of Leafs. I am so happy to never think about again as Patrick Marlowe. <laughs> so yeah, you don't want to overdo it. Like when you have the good players, like and it seems it, it's worked uh, throughout the course of Connor McDavid's career, who, by the way, out a couple of weeks. You want to talk about a team going through some early Man. season narrative uh, headaches is the Edmonton Oilers. We'll talk to Frank Zaravelli about Can't what's wait. going on in Edmonton later on as, as McDavid out a couple of weeks and not going on LTIR. So they, 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 they got to run with 11 forward seven D. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not upset that that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are playing 25 minutes a game. And especially when you got mm-hmm. both guys, pretty key contributors on, on all special team situations, it just, yeah, it, it's not something you want to do every day over the course of an 82-game season, especially in the case of Matthews, who's a guy that's been, you know, relatively injured the last couple of years, has not really put together an 82-game season, and you want him at his best come April and May. Yeah, the Matthews, I mean, I think we all kind of pencil him in for 70 games every year and say that's a win if you if you get there, honestly. And you, you look at it, there's been something every year, whether it's and the most concerning part of it, and, you know, I suppose I could talk myself into either side of this, but the most concerning part is that it's not a injury. The wrist does seem to be a bit of a recurring thing, but remember, there's been back, there's yeah. been shoulder. Right. I believe there was a knee for a minute. That one was much less serious than the other two, but that's the the worrying thing about Matthews is that there's always something different. Now, I suppose you could say that's kind of bad luck if it's something different. Uh, I, obviously, you don't want something recurring because then it could pop up at any time, but the other part about it for the ice time is that this is what happens if you're going to ride these guys the way you are on on special teams. And I don't think anybody quibbles for one second riding them that way on the power play. But when you look at shorthanded, if you're going to worry about ice time, mm. Marner is at five and a half minutes of special team play in that game. It's 314 on the on the power play and 223 on, on the penalty kill there. Matthew's pretty much five even at 320 and 144. If you are worried about those guys' ice time, you need a second power play unit that you can throw out there at times when you do not need, need, need the goal. That is the way to go about it, I honestly think. And it's it's that or it's shorthanded time. Because you look at this team, you have a fourth line that you cannot play in large chunks of minutes. So it's not coming from there at five on five. I suppose if Camp, Domi, and Nyes are going to be this line you love all of a sudden, and okay, uh, can I see it for more than a period and a half before mm. I'm, I'm there? No. Where else is, no, okay, where else is it going to come from? Because it's not going to come at five on five. You just have to ride those guys the, the way you are. And if you're not going to take them off the penalty kill, then the simplest way to do it where it it damages you the least, it's crazy to say, 
but is on power play. And the easiest way to do that is to have more of a share. I don't like that. Mm. But if we've decided they're going to be killing penalties and the power kill is a thing and the lineup's going to be constructed the way it is, that is the safest way to do it where it does not hurt your team. You know, we do this in baseball about, hey, not all pitches are created equal. Like, not all ice time is created equal. I would say, and I obviously need a, a National Hockey League player on the air to, to ask mm-hmm. this question to to get a definitive answer. But now I we would, could spitball. I would guess that, you know, power play time, not as strenuous, clearly, as penalty kill time or even five-on-five play, especially when you are, you know, Austin Matthews occasionally bringing the puck up the ice, but generally you're sitting at the blue line waiting to get into the zone, and, and it's it's not even a ton of skating. Like I would say that, yeah, the the minute and a half on the power play not nearly as strenuous as like a 45 second five on five shift. I guess it depends on the five on five shift as well, but I, I I don't know if it's all created equal. Yeah, I don't. I I think that's a really smart thing to bring up. That you're right. It's definitely. I mean, look at Ovechkin. Like I would actually love. Right. I would love to see a. <laughs> A feat, because I, I was about to say, you know, like miles or kilometers skated on the power play, but even in his whole Distance career, traveled. I don't think it's been that far. I think it's measured in, in feet and centimeters with him because he just gets to his spot and does not move. You're right there, but that goes to the point I'm making about where does it hurt you yeah. the least. If you if you take, I don't know, pick it, two shifts a period from those guys that they're not on the ice at five on five, the way this team's going right now, and as much as we like what we've seen, you need these guys to be yeah. horses. Like the big, it's so funny for all the conversations we've had about the big boys not carrying their weight at times. Whew, they are carrying the mail for this team right now. So the idea of pulling back on that, you hope, I think the hope with Keith is that you can use these guys to kind of be the Clydesdales that they are and get you going. And then hopefully you can find some momentum with other things in your lineup. And then you're able to kind of ease the throttle off of them. I realized I went horse racing and boating. Yeah. With my metaphors there, what is it? Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, uh, maybe they they can win the horse boat race uh, tomorrow very early. <laughs> and like I said, score six goals early in the hockey game against the Washington Capitals, and then it's not an issue. You, don't, make you don't have easy, to chase the game. And make it easy on your goalie, too. Every yeah. game's been so stressful, even the one that wasn't supposed to be and didn't mm. feel like it was in the Minnesota game. They're, no, uh, let's make it stressful again. So you should, you should try to make life easy on yourself once this year. Um, they made their... I, I was going to say life's easy against the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's not true. They False. haven't been easy victories, but they picked up a point in all three games during the regular season against this Lightning team mm-hmm. a season ago. Two regulation wins and they an overtime them. loss. They win the playoff series in six games, despite being outplayed at times. But they won the, the series. Yep. Um, and then they you know, require a two-goal comeback in the game yesterday, but on the strength of some surprisingly good Tampa Bay Lightning Goaltending. Oh, that's like- not surprising. Guy, guy, <laughs> guy you vaguely heard of performing incredibly well against the Leafs, obviously. I mean, you got to ask the question. Are, are, I mean, th- th- here, I'll start it with this. Like, are the Lightning and uh, the, the Leafs, like, number one rival right now? I know the, like, physical nature of maybe the Panthers series maybe would lead you down that path. And the fact that Brad Marchand still exists mm-hmm. in, uh, with that Bruins team and, you know, there's a couple of postseason series between those two as well, but it does feel like this is this is the number one Leafs rival. This is the number one game when you see it during the regular season and you have circled. 
Yeah, I think there is. I think that's true, given the the aging of Boston and the players kind of leaving away there, and the fact there hasn't been a playoff series in so long. Everyone was so geared up for it last year. I think if you're just talking about animosity of the games, and I don't know that this will be the case because so many of the pieces have moved away. Like Spezza was at the the middle of these for so long. The Jets are sneaky. The Leafs' biggest mm. rival every time they play. You had Logan Stanley walking off like he was the heavyweight champ, and Wayne <laughs> Simmons fought him the next time, and Shifley doing mm. it. Not Nothing better than beating the Leafs because I wish I was one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Subtext there. I actually think that is just in terms of hatred and animosity. For whatever reason, the Leafs and Jets always play nasty games. Pionk had a nasty knee against Marner going back to the bubble. But in terms of teams that you see on a regular basis or quasi-regular, I know that it's not quite as much as it used to be. Yeah, I think it is the lightning. The Sens is what's brewing there. Sabres as well, but they got to get good. And, you know, it sends seem to and be it's playoff series. That's uh, what it is. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's getting a head to head playoff series, multiple years consecutively. It's, it's what the NHL was trying to do with this, this, <laughs> and this, only the Leafs had to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. This divisional structure <laughs> where the two and three seeds play each other and you got to go through your division uh, early on in the postseason. Yeah. It's, it's, it's worked um, for Here, a franchise that doesn't that necessarily need any extra motivation no. for people to, to watch the hockey team? I think like lots of people watch the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think so. But yeah, it has it. It's it's built this this rivalry between they and the Lightning, and it it's amazing how quickly it's turned. At least mentally, right? Like if you're a Leaf fan, are you afraid no. of the Lightning right now? No, but a big big part of that is that Vashi's not yes. there. If Vashilevsky is there, I mean, making... is he going to do better than the the goaltending they got on Saturday? No, but it it will feel better. Yeah. Vashilevsky is just that guy. He Although is... they own him too, like the I mean, you go down the list of reasons why they beat him in six games, yep. right? Like he's he's up there. His his looking rather human. I, I do think that the I mean, again, we've talked about it so often. It's very funny to say, but it's it really is remarkable what John Tavares' squeak went through was was able to do because all. All of a sudden, it's just it. They're a regular hockey team. Yes. That's a regular rivalry where, yeah, they got the best of you. You got the best of them, and hey, they have the cups. You're no one's putting the two no, arrows no, no, on no, equal. No. no one's doing that. But it's just a regular rivalry, and the animosity's there. I think the thing that is honestly, I think the thing that's you. You know who the Leafs' biggest rival is? Actually, I realize this. Who's what's up? Whoever Corey Perry pays for at any given time. <laughs> that is truly right now the yeah. Leafs' biggest rival is Corey Perry. Yeah. He has been a thorn in their side this entire era. Mm-hmm. Canadians, he nearly murdered the captain in cold blood mm-hmm. accidentally. That's the Leafs' actual chief rival. And when he inevitably gets traded to some team, when he gets traded to the Senators at the deadline and it's oh, Corey Perry in the Battle of Ontario and Ryan Reeves is in the press box screaming at him, man, uh, I... Let's talk about something else. I hate this movie. Well, early returns are that it's not necessary. It's it's the Senators maybe as well, but the, like the Detroit Red Wings feel like yeah, that team up? in the Atlantic that is taking the step forward as they have won now five straight <laughs> hockey games, including a win in Ottawa over that Senators team. If they get it going, can you imagine? Well, you don't have to imagine it. You'll just hear it. But the mythology that will be written about winner's winner. Steve Eiserman, yeah, if he course. actually gets this thing going there, and I've had my questions for a while about if it's going to to come to fruition, but early returns are pretty good there, that if he actually gets that thing going of, you know, taking, and, it, you know, again, Holland, an incredible run there, but mm-hmm. because of hanging on to the run, it turned them into what they became. If he's able to pull them out of the depths that they were from after building up that Tampa team, being the winner guy he has, 
it's not Mount Rushmore, but in terms of just hockey life, hockey career, oh my God. Yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty freaking good uh, what he's done over the, the course of his playing career and but it's then also second his, career as an executive. But it's also his demeanor, right? Like he just has that serious face and we know he's such a killer negotiations wise. Mm-hmm. God, the, the legacy he will have when it's all said and done. Yeah, pretty good. Per- it, it is pretty good. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see the Leafs uh, against the Red Wings for the first time this season, but it does feel like a team finally on the ascension in the Atlantic Division. All right, lots more Leaf conversation coming up after uh, 7 o'clock. But, oh, the baseball's getting good in a big-time way. The weekend was amazing. Controversy. Yeah, I mean, we got people throwing at each other. We got benches clearing brawls. We got a Game 7 tonight as well. Uh, we'll get to that and a whole lot more next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 59, the Fan Ben and his friend Gunning. We do a lot of air guitaring in my house. Me and my boys. My my kid, uh, okay, here we're doing it. His mm-hmm. his thing right now uh, is he is obsessed with watching the Queen Live Aid performance. Oh, yeah. Uh, we Will Rock You is his jam to the point where we get on in the car and he just starts saying, Rock You! Rock You! <laughs> okay. And then we were playing T-ball at the park uh, yeah. yesterday and he made my wife sing it as his walk-up song before he hit every, oh, every time. So... Yeah, that's his jam. Oh, okay. Well, and there's real guitar. He has like a little ukulele that he's jamming out to. Wow. So you, yeah. Well, but I'm also afraid he's gonna go full like Eddie Vedder and just smash it. We do have to stop him from. No, no, don't do that. I shouldn't compare. Yeah, my parenting to your parenting because you got the one kid. So like, yeah, all but of your parenting like, focus but it goes feels into like him. Fifty. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it. one but 50. No, I mentioned it because we came back with the Red Hot Chili Peppers for the, the podcast people. But, um, Which is a jam. Yeah, my kids, they love to watch Red Hot Chili Peppers videos. That's awesome. And, yeah, um, they do the air guitar, and we have, like, a little set of of miniature brooms and mops, Love which that. is like, it, it lasted a day where it was like, we like to sweep and oh, mop, yeah. but now they've turned into the ideal air guitar uh tools and when electric red hot chili peppers videos come on the shirts come off oh yeah (laughs) you can't you can't can't air guitar to red hot chili peppers with a shirt on no anthony kiedis would be very offended at that honestly he thinks he thinks a shirt and other thing Mm. like he wants more clothes off to be perfectly honest Um, but that's enough in your buddy like i i'm afraid to show them the video of them with the tube socks yeah no that's kind of what i was hinting at there yeah (laughs) no let's let's keep it at just the shirts all right please Uh, the baseball is very good. Friday was an incredible day of baseball. Oh my god! Incredible comebacks. People getting plunked. Um, as yeah, the, you the, love baseball. Like I love baseball too. You love baseball buddy. so much. Though I wish everyone could see just the trying to. It's almost like a calming demeanor. You know how they say like if you sit by the water, it can like be good for your soul. Mm. That's what I feel like happens to you every time we get to talk about baseball. You love baseball. So much, but I can understand when when it under delivers, right? Like I can, I oh, can, no, I'm, of course. I, 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 like I'm not, my my eyes are not. You're a pragmatist. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Like I don't always have the rose colored glasses on for baseball. I understand no. when it stinks, you right? Like, yeah. and I understand when it's got for problems. Sure. And when when have playoff... I offended you? Are no, you okay? no. <laughs> when playoff games last four hours and they're, they're non competitive, yeah. that's bad. The the playoffs. 
leading into the championship series on both sides had not exactly lived up to expectations. Now they're full on great, great, mm-hmm. great, great, great. And Friday was the the deciding factor when you had the the incredible. Well, the, we'll talk about the uh, the in game kerfuffle <laughs> between the Rangers and Astros and Brian Abreu and Adolis uh, Garcia, and then the comeback and it's and it's Jose Altuve. <laughs> Coming through uh, uh, for the Astros, and then immediately following that, you had Gabriel Moreno coming through <laughs> with the game-deciding base hit, and uh, the Diamondbacks even their series with the Phillies. That was that was the moment of the playoffs. But now um, we've got a Game Seven tonight in the American League Championship Series, doubleheader of baseball, perhaps our final, actually. Definitely our final doubleheader of uh, of playoff baseball you this love, season. You love doubleheaders so much, you want them to play one in the World Series. Yeah, I'd, we I'd, should we should get it all over with in three days. Yeah, three straight doubleheaders. No, I don't that, want that. No, that'd be bad. Actually, we should split the games up. We should only play five innings at a time, <laughs> so that yeah, the baseball season continues as long God, as possible. Could you imagine the half game stories we would get? Oh the yeah, the scribes would be all over it. Yeah, that that'd be good, but we don't. So no. we got one more uh, American League Championship Series game to go and it is game 7 with Max Scherzer on the hill making his mm. second start of the postseason after his first one didn't go so well. It was but, bad. Uh so the, the the Rangers looked like they were in total control of the series taking mm-hmm. the first two games in Houston and then three straight losses at home. The the road team has won every single game of this series, which means, yeah, that the Astros were naturally going to lose at home yesterday. Nate Evaldi, though, my God, his his postseason resume continues to build. Uh, and again, Bruce Bochy pulls the right strings going to Jose Leclerc in the eighth inning looking for five outs. He didn't realize that it would be as uh, stress-free as it ended up being after Garcia hits the the grand slam in which he somehow found his way around the bases. I can't imagine if I were in his position yes. after hitting the the turnaround home run in game five and then to be plunked in the way that I was and then to be in a position... Answer again. You know, after four straight strikeouts in that game, it should be mentioned mm-hmm. as well. And then to hit the grand slam to put the game out of reach, how how much I would have enjoyed that. And he enjoyed it a little bit, but not as much as the the previous home run he hit in the series. I wonder why. Um, yeah, I, I I I think this is turning into one of the great rivalries in the sport. I mean, it was already at that point. You got a couple of in-state rivals, mm-hmm. a couple of divisional rivals, but now you got the added component of this this Brian Abreu thing, which is maybe where we should uh, start the conversation. Definitely. Because he he appealed his suspension. People may be unaware of, of what happened here. Uh, yeah, set it up for everybody. Okay, so Adolis Garcia in mm-hmm. game five hit a three-run homer to give the Rangers a 4-2 lead in the six. And then he, he just he stood there forever because that's the, the biggest home run he's ever hit in his entire career. Yeah, we've litigated this. I feel like that's allowed. Yeah, it is allowed. Um, And then he came up to the plate again in the eighth after Evan Carter walked to start the inning. It's still only a two-run game. Yeah. Brian Abreu hit him in the back of the first pitch. So, like, that's... That's suspicious, mm-hmm. but given the circumstances and that game being as close as it was and you being the Astros and understanding you've had a history of incredible comebacks throughout the course of yeah. of the last almost decade, I can't imagine you're just handing a base runner to the opposition in that situation, especially when you're as uh, a reliever as good as yep. Brian Abreu is. So bench is clear. He's ejected. 
handed a two-game suspension. This is one of their most valuable bullpen pieces. Like, Ryan Presley, and I talked about how mm-hmm. he hasn't blown a save throughout the entirety of his postseason career, but it's him and it's Brian Abreu who is just, like, is untouchable. And if he's missing for tonight's game, which I, I imagine the, the appeal won't be heard in, in time for him to miss I tonight's I game. I saw that it was Tuesday. Which, yeah, boy, what a, what a convenient time. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a scenario in which they just delay it until the conclusion of the postseason. But him missing any time in the postseason, uh, and especially if it's the World Series, would be mind-bending. But yeah, I I understand it from a an optics perspective that this is a guy that 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 stood there like a statue for yep. 30 seconds and hitting a home run despite the fact that it was a pretty important moment. Well, we know the Rangers got upset at Jose Bautista after he started the bat flip craze in 2015. That was a pretty important home run Mm -hmm. as well. For some guys, it doesn't matter. But even, again, the circumstances of the game would tell you all you need to know that as much as the the Astros might have been peeved that Garcia stood there and enjoyed his home run, again, the biggest of his career, you can't. You can't take retribution in that moment. That's insane to look at what happened there and say that that was on purpose, in my opinion. I I agree with you. I think that, at, especially at this time of year, hey, man, if this is June and they didn't like the way he stood there and it's a two-run game, that's not dissuading my opinion on anything. But it's not. It's October. It's the playoffs. It's a CS. The moment is too big. I don't even have an... I don't even honestly bother with going to was it intentional, was it not. I go to baseball's decision-making on this. That is my biggest mm-hmm. takeaway. So I, I just want to be clear. I agree with you. I do not think it's intentional. I think obviously the circumstances lead me to believe that, but I also can understand the other side of the circumstances saying, I don't know, that looked pretty intentional, and the guy was just standing there. So I can understand both sides of it. My issue with this all is baseball's inability, and I don't want to make this just about baseball. There's a lot of leagues, hello NHL, that can't get out of their own way on things, okay? If you're going to suspend him and you're going to allow an appeal process, which is arbitrated, it's part of the CBA, you have to allow it, you have to find some way to expedite the process. You cannot do this where you just willingly put your head in the sand and push it away and the possibility of dealing with it after... Again, we shouldn't make everything cross-board, but imagine in the NHL a guy maiming someone with a, with a high headshot, and they'll mm-hmm. say, well, we'll certainly look at this in September because it is bad for the game. You could never in a million years envision that happening. That is the part of this that I just cannot wrap my head around is why baseball would want to invite the controversy right. that surrounds this. I mean, honestly, tinfoil hat, I think it's great for clicks and it gives us something to talk about. It's great stories. I don't actually think that. I just think it's a league that can't stay out of their own way. But that is the part that I cannot for the life of me. If you're, if appeals are part of the process, cool. I understand it. It's all negotiated. That's fine. You have to expedite the process. You cannot go about it this way. Yeah, during the regular season, it's kind of cool because you're like, oh, well, do you take the suspension now? Do you like, you oh, got, got the team? Royals yeah, next exactly. week. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always a fun game to I play. I love that it's game. It's like, is, he, is it worth like getting the suspension reduced by two games? But he, then should, he's gonna... he should throw it a guy while he's waiting <laughs> appeal and see what happens. Yeah, so much fun. It's a different deal when you're talking about game seven of the championship series or, God forbid, a World Series game that he missed. The other side of this, though, and, and it's where I, I might agree with Major League Baseball's thinking on this is, Hey, if the Astros just never get the the benefit of the doubt ever, ever, ever again, mm-hmm. and that, yeah, anytime there's a question as to whether there's a suspension or there's discipline handed yep. down and it's close to 50-50, 
the extra one or two percent gets handed down to yeah no let's punish the team but that they're willingly not- cheated starting well before 2017 but certainly 2017 2018 2019 let's get the cheater team let's give them all the punishment i'm i'm totally fine with but, that if, if if in fact that's part of the decision making process here but they're not they're mm. letting them appeal it that if you actually well they like, have to let them appeal okay it. then here what are they doing Mm-hmm. You and I are up working right now, mm-hmm. okay? No, I know. Why Why? I know, why, why does this take multiple I know, days? I, I'm sure an arbiter mm-hmm. has a different rate before 6 a.m. Maybe you got to pay him extra to get him <laughs> up early. I'm, I Do not care. Yeah. Figure it out. That is the part of this. It's just it is so willingly opening yourself up to criticism. And that is the part of, and you know, it's funny. We talked about Manfred the other day and you were giving me your Manfred's actually good takes. And mm-hmm. the part of it, his tenure that that just keeps coming back to is inviting this criticism and then pretending that it's ridiculous. Because you know, at some point in time, he's going to get asked about this and he's going to give some gobbledygook foot in the mouth answer that's going to make everybody somehow 10 times more upset. It is the inviting of criticism that I cannot for the life of me understand. Did you see the guy who caught the Mitch Garver home run yesterday? I did see him. Okay, so I tweeted out the video. Yeah. I I've I've envisioned a couple of times, you know, I've been to lots of baseball games mm-hmm. as a fan. I've envisioned what I would do if like a ball came towards me uh-huh. and it's ex- like, I don't know. I, in fact, I probably know I wouldn't act that way, but like in my dreams, it's exactly the way that dude did it where you look like you don't care. Yeah. Like it's like none of your business, but you're like, okay, I guess I'll stick my hand up yeah. and catch the baseball one handed, amazing bare hand home run. And he's obviously an Astros fan. So he's not, he's like part of it is yeah. he's displeased at, sure. this, at the scenario that's presented himself. But imagine being that guy's children oh my and God. like him at, okay. at the breakfast table the next day. Like, how do you like that? That that person is is he's above the rest <laughs> of us as far as a species that that guy is my new religion. So I I had a chance to be your new religion once upon a time. Really? Even more so. Not with a ball, with a bat. I was sitting in the kind of <laughs> Hazel May area yeah. of beside the Blue Jays dugout there. I was helping out with like a, the everyone's favorite broadcast, the Apple TV games. I was sure. helping out with one of those. Yeah, people love that. Uh, so I was helping out with that and I was sitting there and it was Randall Gritchick just lost hold of the bat. It went tomahawking and the netting was is not up there because it's right by the dugout and it Whatever you think is the coolest reaction you could possibly have to it, I had the exact. Oh, opposite. I've seen this. Yes, yeah. it was a. And again, I, I have asked. I we, you know, we talked to major league players or former big leaguers. I have asked a lot of them about this because all my coworkers give me a ton of grief about not making the play on it. And they go, yeah, it's a spinning tomahawk bat. You're not supposed to catch it. But there is that one. I can't remember who. I feel like he was a Rangers infielder many moons ago standing on the top step and a bat did come like that. And he just caught it with his bare hand. And I was like, that guy is the coolest. But anyways, whatever you think a cool version of it looks like, I was the exact opposite. My knee, I was sitting in a chair, like a little folding like chair you would smack somebody over the head with Mm -hmm. in uh, 1999 wrestling. And my knee came up to my face and I like crouched my arm across my face yeah, it was it's, the it's, least athletic looking thing you've ever seen in your life I, yeah i've seen it it is it's horrific it's bad yeah yeah the guy that caught the home run yesterday though my the exact God. opposite yeah i mean not only the the catch and the like not nonchalant he did not impress like he's almost like this is like you're making me do this like <laughs> okay why why and then after that 
Like, clearly, after he's made this incredible play and everybody around him's like, holy crap, look. And then, you know, the replay is being shown on television, like him still oh, not acknowledging in. anything. Unbelievable human being. You really, you really want to do something impressive in front of your kids one day. Oh you brought God. this up on so many times. <laughs> it, I remember when I was a kid once, I used to live in an apartment building, and my dad uh, locked up, don't even ask how, uh, he locked us out of the apartment somehow. So I remember being a child and watching him climb from the balcony of our neighbors into our balcony. Oh, my God. What and, floor did you live on? Uh, four or six. Oh like my not, yeah, not God. two. And then I remember it and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. My dad is Superman. And I remember telling my mother about it and she was going to kill him. Like, yeah, you could have plummeted <laughs> to your death in front of our children <laughs> oh who were four and two or oh whatever. But goodness. anyways, still to this day, yeah. I'm like, my dad climbed over. A well, that's it. Like imagine sick. talking back to your dad the next day. He's like, hey, I just... Gave, like it risked my life to get you inside you your do it? home. Can you do it? Didn't think so, pal. Uh, yeah. So one, maybe one day. I hope for uh, you. I wanna, I I wanna be the first call. Should you ever do this and make your children proud? Because I could tell you, not that you don't make them proud, but to the yeah, extent no, you want. I know. It's like there's proud, and then there's it's like proud. Yeah. It's the Simpsons. What's that feeling? Pride? Mm, not quite that. <laughs> Unshamed. Yeah. Less shame. Less yeah. shame. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the D-backs looking to stay alive tonight against the Phillies. Um, Gabriel Moreno, greatest game in postseason history. Well, right? that's it. It's like, okay. I, okay. Maybe the D-backs win tonight. And maybe it goes seven games. Maybe they win the National League Championship Series and the World Series. But if they don't, like, they're not even supposed to be here today. No. Like, give me a break. Won 84 games, lost the last four games of the regular season. I I've just been laughing so hard at the people, like the coping, let's be honest, of any time he has a not stellar game going, see, it's, it's no, not it's, like this every over. night. It's no, kind of like this every night. The trade's been lost, people. It's been lost. <laughs> no, it's, Sorry. It's over. And then if, yeah, if you're yeah. a Diamondbacks fan. Full like Vince Carter, Kenny Smith, it yeah. is over. Okay. And and maybe he's he's going to have some down postseasons in his career, but he's already got the reps, right? Like he's got this in his back pocket. Now you think of Gabriel Moreno and you, yeah, you go back and and you think about game four on Friday mm-hmm. and him coming through with the base hit to center field to give his team the lead. He, he He's done that already. It's not like, well, can he perform in the postseason? Well, we know now he, he can at least. Will he do that every time? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it, it's been pretty good for him. Not so good for Blue Jays fans. Yeah, I told you. Like, I, I threw this at you in the in the commercial break. You don't have to answer it here. But if I just told Jays fans the ceiling for any any player uh, who is just on the playoff roster to have a two-for-three game with a couple of walks, a couple of RBI, including the massive one that he had, and throwing out a runner in a huge spot, just take – would you – Oh, that's the that is the ceiling. That's as good it as means it's going to get for it, Bo, or that's as good as it's going to get for Vlad, or whoever else you think is a key cog on this team. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys have already had uh, moments bigger than that, notably George Springer. But yeah, no, uh, with the Jays. Uh, yeah, uh, what it, it means the Blue Jays are winning a postseason game, which is something that hasn't happened in six tries yep. with Vlad and Bo. So yeah, I, take I, I, it's a, be hard to argue against it. That's a great. All right, when we come back, Leafs were pretty great on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we'll talk to our pal Gord Stellick next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.